Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your time. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. As we sit here right now, we are three hours into Major League Baseball free agency. By the time that Carlos Correa had proposed to his then-girlfriend, then, then uh, they were nine hours away from free agency. That means the World Series was over, and 9 a.m., on November 2nd, free agency began. Pitcher Nick here with me, Nick Fryer. And uh, before we get to it, you, you, the World Series is gone. I don't, whatever. I don't care about the World Series. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the World Series anymore. It's coming gone. All we know, right. this, these are the things that are important when it comes to the World Series. By the Houston winning, that means that we're going to have to have an Alex Corp press conference on the weekend mm. uh, because he's going to have to do the parade. And by the time you listen to this, maybe we've already had the press conference, but that ruined all of our lives. So shame <laughs> on the Astros. And then the other thing was, after the game, things get a little spicy. Carlos Correa proposed to his girlfriend. You had a problem with that. Well, yeah. I mean, look, and I understand some people are going to say, oh, it's romantic and it's sweet. No, it's not. I, I have been labeled by many people in different friend groups as uh, a hopeless romantic. So trust me, I have a pretty With good With the emphasis idea. on hopeless, yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, I, I'm single now, so you're clearly right. But I you know, I don't know why you would want to do this after such an important game. And if you're thinking about doing this, then you're not fully focused in oh, no, on the game. Oh, no, I'm sure he was not focused in at all. I'm, well, sure, I'm sure it was very <laughs> distracting. I'm, come on, are you kidding me? I'm, no, I'm dead serious. You think that it wouldn't be distracting you think when he at all? Get, yeah, sure. What? <laughs> uh, after the fact, it's it's who cares? You you think that that's something it's, that he just planned? On, he, he no, had to bring bar, it made him it, try harder. You think you want to do that after you lose? It, it wound up in a one made, one four performance. Great motivation. If it wasn't for George, of course, but, it's motivation. The, but you're uh, thinking about guy, things. By the way, the guy that what is under the radar here is that six hours before 
the guy who I work with, Ryan Hannibal, proposed to his girlfriend. I, I'm sure I they mean, talked talk, about it together. Talk about taking the steam out of talking about trying. You can't do that to Ryan. I mean, still, that is the be all end all proposal. Yeah. Well, no, you say it's the be. I, I, what did Ryan do? Do you know? Was it? I'm sure. It was yeah, private. he did Disney. He did. Yes. Did, he did it at Disney. He 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 uh, he did not want to pay for the Disney p- photographer. The whole uh-huh. uh, smart move. You know. Shazmataz or whatever it is, <laughs> yes. it costs a lot of money to do that. Evidently, to have someone like pop out of the bushes and take the the, the photo, um, so so he he grabbed like a lifeguard or something and actually had them do it. What it was a, it was a wise move. And by the way, so but he did it at Disney. Yeah, they, they, his, yeah, they they love they like the Disney thing. Whatever. Oh, they do. Okay, yeah, that's the whole Disney thing. But there's two things. Number one, you can always refer to the, that he got engaged the same time as as the the proposal that we'll remember for a long time, along with the Boise State proposal. But the other thing is, is that I think if you go to Vegas right now and you say, "Okay, this is going to sound terrible," but if which 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 marriage are you going to take? Which oh. which is going <laughs> to last longer? Gonna last? It's going to be Ryan. It's going to be Ryan. Absolutely, hundred percent. Ryan is all in. Yeah, isn't she like Miss Texas? or something? Yeah. Well, so this is the question I was going to ask you if you've ever met her because I know you run in those circles. You used to date <laughs> Miss Massachusetts, right? <laughs> Right, correct. You went I, to the prom with Miss Massachusetts. I, I took Miss the reigning Miss Massachusetts to prom. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about. Did you almost proposed to her. I didn't. <laughs> I did not almost propose. You did. I'll say this: if I did, it would have been in an intimate setting, just me and her. I would have told her family. I would have told my family, but I would not have done it at a baseball game. No, not after you just beat Ohio State. Uh, no, no, I, no. I, I, we lost to Ohio State when I pitched, unfortunately. But yeah. I, I would it does, not. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> you right. I mean, he was going to propose so, no matter do, what. Do you think so? Yes, it would have looked like it would have looked like such an ass. I oh no, no! I mean, it would have been in the back room. Yes, yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, but I'm yeah, saying, yeah. no, I'm saying you think you would have done yeah. it in public. I think, I, I hey, think, Ken, I, I, think, lost, I, I, I think when do Verducci this. is doing the the, the <laughs> sad manager's uh, interview after the big loss from the loser side in the background, you would have seen Carlos Correa proposing to Daniel Gutierrez. <laughs> so you never ran into Daniel Gutierrez. You never won a double date. No, th- no, that never happened. Now, really? I, I dated her. I, went, I took her to prom before she was Miss Massachusetts. So yeah. I, I kind of. But I feel you, I'm really good at assessing talent. You know, prospects. Yeah. I'm really good when it comes to that. That's yeah, you, you can get them to the show, but you just once they get there, they go on their yeah, own. Yeah, well, you ever seen the episode with uh, when Elaine was d- dating a doctor who was in yes. training and then she, he dumped her right when he became a doctor? That's what happened to you? Yeah, that, no, that's not what happened at all, but I'm just saying. that. that I, probably, <laughs> I heard he tried to loop back with her this summer. Uh, well, I brought her to. I got her to come to um, what was it? Bucks old time game. Well, there's no better aphrodisiac <laughs> than these Bucks old time baseball game. <laughs> So. <laughs> I, uh, I I can't say that she, she is uh, she is currently seeing someone, but I could get her on this podcast if you really wanted it, Rob. Oh yeah, that, well that I, I could do. I get her and Danielle Gutierrez both on the podcast. <clears throat> her and Daniel Gutierrez. The Red Sox continue to uh, make moves. Jesus, oh, wait, don't ever... try to. Do, I'm the one who's going to pivot back to MLB. Oh, oh no, that's what I like about the show. You can do all the pivoting, I right? Just, I yeah, just go so off this, the rails. Yeah, I'm, I'm, when I'm this surprised be- you still have that kind of power left. You let uh, what was it Patrick Gilroy? Is that who it was that wrote that article about Lou? Yeah, what's wrong with that? I hate the. Well, who, who cares? Who cares? Uh, who well, cares what it's you see? This is where you're wrong. Like, and I don't want to get. It. This is one thing <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about off the air. But real quickly, like, the fact that you get worked up over it is exactly why he should have written it. No, I I understand that, but I, my whole thing is the. T- I don't care about him saying lose wrong, but saying the whole stick to baseball. You who know, who cares? I care because right. That's this is ex- the exact reason why I didn't want to have the whole pitcher Nick. 
uh, nickname, not because I think it's just dumb, but because I think that you know people are going to look at me and say, "Oh, all you yeah. can talk about is baseball." So that's why I hate that. Yeah, everyone's whole argument. looking at you. You walk down the street, say, "You can't talk about anything else." Because it's pitcher Nick. You understand what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I hate I, that stupid Mike Gary, I met Mike Gary, who, of, uh, who is known as Blind Mike, right? Blind Mike. Mm-hmm. You think anyone, everyone says, so I had a great conversation with Blind Mike. He used to intern at Barstool Sports, has a great future in this business. We had a two-hour conversation at the Sprint store the other day. And you think that, that people are always going to be saying, you know what? I'm only going to talk about your blindness. No! No, you want to be identified as something. You want a nickname, and your nickname before was dumb. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> your nickname before was dumb. Pitcher Nick is a perfectly fine nickname, and now we can make the T-shirts. Now we can get going. I'm just saying if you your brand, your brand has never been hotter. Bradfo is at like a a nine and a half. Yes. Pitcher Nick, I just feel like it's not at the same level. But You'll get there. I mean, Bradford didn't happen overnight. I'm not saying it, it happened overnight, but just when, the first time I heard it, I was like, that's a great nickname. It just right away, it just sounded awesome. That, that's yeah, all I'm Because Robert say. Farnsworth Bradford is a little tough to get out of the mouth. <laughs> is that your middle name? Yes. Wow. I, yeah. I mean, mine's, tell, mine's Garth. Tell me, as someone who went to Northwestern and mm. tried to take that uh, highfalutin route to journalism, <laughs> um, tell, tell me that if I didn't, I would not be working at the Wall Street Journal and New York Times right now if I just chose to go R. Farnsworth Bradford in my byline. That right? You, but but here's, here's the choice I made. <laughs> if you if you actually walk down the street and people say, "Oh, I think I recognize that person," R. Farnsworth, <laughs> R. Farnsworth, no. Well, no. I'm pretty sure they eventually just start calling you Farnsworth, like they do with Sherrod Blakely over at NBC Sports Boston, because he's a Sherrod. Everybody just calls him Sherrod. Right, but see, I, no, yeah, I, I, no, I don't blame you. Farnsworth is kind of uh, your parents didn't love you when they were little. Did no, they, they did. They loved me. <laughs> Farnsworth, it's, it's a it's a very regal name. You, R. Farnsworth. <laughs> I mean, Robert Farnsworth Bradford, <laughs> automatically you become rich just by being born. <laughs> right? Yes. I think you do. For some reason, I thought it was Roberto, not Robert. Roberto. Yeah. yeah. It's much like Mike Mutt. I actually had two middle names. <laughs> what? No, Mutt, I was just going to say, it's like Mutt, I was laughing in my car last night when Mutt was was talking about Papa John, the whole Papa John's mm. thing, and, say, and he was talking about when he went to Cancun, and it's all he ate is Papa John's. And, what? And, and I think Keith said, no, it was Papa Juan's. <laughs> it was like it was a rip-off place. I don't know. That made me laugh. Anyway. Um, you make me laugh. Yeah, so uh, we, we've gotten a few things out of the way. Nick, uh, Nick Fryer runs in the same circles as Carlos Correa. Yeah, and, that's exactly and, um, right. And you know, the World Series, the Houston Astros won. By the way, as we, as we were talking, T- are taping this mm-hmm. as we were talking. I got a text from the manager of the Boston Red Sox, former bench coach for the Houston Astros. Did you really? Yeah. What did he say? I'm not saying. Well, then why are you sharing? You just try. I just to want to seem everybody? like I seem like I'm a big shot. Oh, you want to act like you're a big deal? Like you're uh, the no. Bond it Morgan. was. It was like <laughs> I'm kind you, of no. A big it, it was. Deal. It was you just. It was. It was basically me. like you know. So. Everyone sends the congratulatory text, right? You, oh, you know, right? Yes, Good yes. for you. Look at me. It's you like, know, oh, it's like when you. John Farrell was fired. People said, I'm sorry that, you know, that was bullshit that that happened to John Farrell. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry that it happened. So, uh, so we can swear on here now? Yeah, of course. Why did, I didn't know we could swear. You never addressed that it, with there's no, why sh- I don't want to go out of the way to swear. That's, I, that's I, where people go wrong. Well, I'm just saying there are times where I might restrain myself from saying certain words. I don't. I don't it doesn't, you don't have to just be you. Okay. Just, just, just be you. Be careful saying that, Rob. Just, be just, careful. Just be you. All right. Um. So anyway, <laughs> you do the congratulatory text, and all I said was, you know, all he does is win. 
That's all he does is win. Oh, yeah. All, he's the Sean Casey. He's the Don Baylor. All he does is win. You said that to him. You sent him that congrats. All he does is win. Oh, my God. All he does is win. Already trying to get on. You're already on his good side. What am I saying? Yeah, I, 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 will be, I will be perfectly fine if I have the disagreement with a move that Alex Cora makes. Mm-hmm. I feel more secure than ever to have a spirited conversation about it. Wow. Watch. You you are all set up. This is going to he's signed for what, four years now. This is going to be the the, three years. the greatest four years of no, Bradfall. Yes, it will. Never now works you can, out that way. Never works out that way. No. So it's going to blow up in your face. It today. never works out. See, you, you've I don't know what Northwestern taught you. The Northwestern, <laughs> yeah, they taught you to put the period. Everybody around put, here loves to dump put, on Northwestern. Put the period inside the quotation marks. Okay. Yes. So, good. Yes. yes. There you go. So basically, what it's you're saying is, what's going to happen in four years is you're going to be listening in your car. Um, after the Red Sox have won the World Series, but Alex Cora hates you, and you're going to be listening back to the podcast where you had him on, yeah. and you're going to be crying because Cora now hates you. Yes, and That's exactly what I will be—I will enjoy my my job at Kinkos, and it was—I'll <laughs> be listening all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? I'll be a guest on the I, on the Pitcher Nick podcast. Like I told you already, I am pretty good at projecting talent and projecting where things are going to go. Mm, so, okay, all right, there you go. So, where where's where are things going to go? With the Red Sox? Well, okay, that, that, <laughs> uh, this is my expert, uh, expert ability to pivot to what we want to talk about today, <laughs> which is the free agency, MLB free agency, as I said at the very beginning. And the MLB free agency started at 9 a.m. Eastern on November 2nd. And uh, another text that I did last night – oh, let's see, I was, was not prepared for this. But another text that I did last night because I was thinking of writing a story before I fell asleep um, – did you, did you fall asleep before the game ended? Because I know it's so late in oh, the World Series Oh, you want to get into that? Well, we can get into that if all you right, want to. All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, I said uh, I, 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 I am always fascinated by – so in the new CBA, 9 a.m., the day after the World Series, that's when you can call free agency. Free agents. I believe it was at midnight after or something or right after, before. But 9 a.m. So the one that I always remember is David Ross. David Ross, and actually that same offseason leading into 2013, the Red Sox, I think it was David Ross and Hiroki Kuroda, believe it or not, that they, that they prioritized and they said, these are the guys we're going to call first. So I texted, and this because I just thought it was 621 last night, so that was you know just about two hours before the game. He's running around Dodger Stadium doing things. But I wanted this to be a good story. The, what was it like to be that first call, right? Mm-hmm. And which is interesting, right? I, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. What is? How important is it? Right. Need one sentence from this question, if you can. How important was it? The Red Sox called you right when free agency started. Mm-hmm. One sentence. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And he responds, "Very exclamation exclamation. It's nice to be wanted and know you are all t- uh, are towards top of priority list." which is an earth-shattering statement, I know. Mm. But still, it's interesting to me because at 9 a.m., who did the Red Sox call? Who are they prioritizing? Go back on the Dave Dombrowski regime. Chris Young was a guy that first year. I think if you want to pick out a guy this last year, it probably would have been Mitch Moreland. I mean, I don't know if he was the right-at-9-a.m. guy. But I know that Chris Young, going into the the GM meetings – this and GM meetings are a little early, 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 right? Right. In terms right. of actually saying we're going hard after this guy. I know they were going hard after Chris Young that early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Dave Dombrowski likes to work quick. We we know this, right? Right, right. So, uh, so I guess the question is: is who is going to be that guy this year? And and don't give me JD Martinez. 
don't give me like Eric okay, so Hosmer. So you ask me a question and then you tell me. I can't all right, give you, you tell me. Answers. Yeah, tell me. All right, go ahead. Well, I've been. I was thinking about this when we were, t- we were getting ready before the show because I know they got a lot of. Um, they got some, a few guys are arbitration first year arbitration eligible. They got a few guys who um, who aren't there yet. So they, they're under the one hundred ninety five million. T- uh, Tax threshold for this past year. The next next year, it's one hundred ninety seven million. Um, they don't have a whole lot of wiggle room, and I mean, when we talked about this last time, you know, we, we obviously the power bat is the is the thing that they need most. Talked about you know maybe getting another reliever. I know you're not a huge fan of it because they have Carson Smith, they have Thornburg supposed to be coming back as well. That could you know look if those guys are healthy and they can handle the postseason, then that's fine. My big thing is having a guy who's not necessarily so experienced in that realm, um, who's having a guy sorry, who's more experienced in that realm but not necessarily such a high um, payroll kind of guy. So when I brought up Wade Davis last time, that was stupid because looking at how much he got paid this past year, uh, it was a $10 million. You know, Holland, a guy that you mentioned, $13 million. Those guys aren't going to happen. Not a chance in hell. Brandon Morrow? We saw, you know, he did very well in the postseason, sat out one game. That was it. He pitched every day for the Dodgers. Um, he was paid 100, uh, was it, I'm sorry, $1.125 million, I think it was, or $1.25 million last year by the Dodgers. He's a guy who's been a starter in his career, Rob. He could get stretched out if he needed to, um, but he's definitely effective in short bursts. Sergio Romo. Is another guy. He got three million last year. Really on the cheap. Look, he's not. You know, he's not going to blow up by anybody. We all know this has never been his style. Um, he's got one of the best sliders that I've ever seen. Um, at least I've seen in the past ten years. Having a guy like that might make a big difference because he's on the cheap. He's effective. Um, you know, with Romo, he wouldn't be a guy you necessarily have every day. But he's a guy who you know can help Kimberl out. Help him get past the the big game yips, maybe that could make a big difference. Same with Morrow. He's been there before. You see a guy like those two, uh, guys like that, they're not as good as Kimbrell in terms of stuff. It's it's no question. He's one of the best guys in the um, out of the bullpen in terms of you know his breaking ball and his fastball. I know it was a banister, right? He said to you that uh, his uh, Kimbrell's break, breaking ball is one of the yes, best in the yeah, game, right? Yeah, I asked him, I asked him uh, the top five pitch, or the most unique pitches, top five most unique pitches in baseball. He had mentioned Kimbrel's uh, curveball, mm-hmm. Davinsky's changeup, and then he took to Twitter, which was I was glad. I mean, more coaches should take to Twitter. Yeah, and he identified a few others. Yeah, I think Kenley Jansen's uh, cutter was another one. But to what I'm trying to say is, Kimbrel should be a lot better than this. So having a guy who's had this playoff experience and won, I know Morrow didn't win, but he did very well. Um, that's more on you know you Darvish sucking the other night than anything else. So I think one of those guys would be the move, the, the first person that they call, if it's not going to be, uh, or text, if it's not going to be J.D. Martinez or Eric Hosmer. But I think I would, it just seems sensible that it would be one of those two, Rob, that it would be Hosmer or J.D. Martinez over everybody else. Don't you think? Or are you just trying to get me to be creative? No, no. I, I just, the, my point is that I don't think it matters if you call it at, at 9 a.m. for those type of guys. Right, okay. That's a fair point. And, but but well, I'll say this, Rob. I mean... Look, they hire. They have. You know, I know you you uh, tweeted out the other day that you know, Boris is now JD Martinez's agent, and they, yes. they hire. I love the reactions from from that. By the way, I mean, so you know, I, I anybody who posts like the switching agents, Jerry Krasnick's is great at this. Usually gets a lot of the switching agents guy uh, um, news. news and mm-hmm. and um, 
and but this one is it's it's the perfect storm. And I, you know, just, it was like I was sitting in my beanbag chair looking for something to do. Same one we're in right now. No, yeah, <laughs> yes, the, lava, the different lava lamp, same beanbag chair. But this was, uh, but this was the perfect storm where you have maybe the top, or from the Red Sox point of view, the top free agent target, right? Mm-hmm. And also the guy that is going to get the most interest. Like if I said, oh well, you know, this is he's switching agents to the guy he left, Barb Garber. Everyone would be like, you know, set, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. But it's Scott Boris, Scott right. Boris, and the reactions were. Nationals, he's going to the Nationals because everyone thinks sports has a great relationship with the Nationals. Oh, Arizona, all the people in Arizona. I probably got more reaction from people in Arizona saying, oh, so much for J.D. Martinez coming back here. It doesn't, I mean, mm-hmm. people in Arizona, it, it is what it is. Either he's going to get his money. He might get a little bit more, mm-hmm. but he was going to always get his money. I don't think this is all of a sudden you're saying, no, there's no chance that he goes back to Arizona. Yeah, Arizona, they're, they're living in a fantasy land if they thought there was a chance in hell he was going to come back there just because of the money you know, above all else. And look, they hire these guys you know, because players, you know, Rob, you say a guy like J.D. Martinez, he might not care if you're the first one to contact him. These guys are people. I mean, they do they do kind of give a shit about that. I know, stuff, but you know, but here's but he, the, that's why he has boards. But, but yeah, but here's here's the difference is that that those guys are going to get the love through the money, through the contracts. They're going to get the love, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, I just think it's different. I think so. Go back to David Ross. David Ross being that guy that meant a lot for David Ross. I actually believe that. Yep. And because it's like how many how many times has a guy like that been prioritized? Mm-hmm. So when we look at so if, if your next level of guys after the JD Martinez and Eric Cosper, if you said these are the guys that they're gonna they're gonna give the love to, they're gonna be the the David Ross, the Chris Young, mm-hmm. who would be your top guy? That I would tell them to go do it to you mean? Yeah, I would say do it with Romo and Morrow or Morrow. I, those, I was looking at the whole list of relievers. I mean, if you want to talk about offense, Rob, but, but here's the you're not. I but mean, here's how much more here's, offense can here's, you add? Here's the problem with that. So with, with with those guys, and they're not at the level of the way Davis because they're not at the level of the the high end relievers. Right. I don't know if they're going to spend money toward that. Well, but I, and I know yes, and I understand you said that, but you said it last time. Um, Morrow's kind of on that upswing a little bit. I mean, he had a pretty damn good postseason. But Rob, I mean, when you look at the offense, there's only so much room to add guys unless you go and trade. No, no, okay. So, so so when we're talking about, and this podcast really is, despite all the other stuff we talked about, this podcast is about free agency start. How should the Red Sox approach free agency? Because that is going to be the conversation. Um, So they have first base slash DH, right? Mm -hmm. They have a fourth outfielder. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all set, pretty much starting pitching. And you can make the argument for a relief pitcher. But catcher, they're all set. Third base, they're all set. Maybe second base. Maybe someone to fill in when Pedroia's is out. Yeah. That's another conversation. And, that's and so that, that's going to come back to if, if you're talking, if you're asking me, the guy that they have. And the other part about this conversation that has to be important, which I think that it will be very difficult to squeeze in because you, you have to prioritize talent, is the clubhouse guy. I've talked to not only have we talked about it, but I talked to players. I've talked to other people in the organization. They all understand it. That the one of the things that was missing from last year was that guy to say, "Cut the shit to whoever," and this is how we do it. You know who was great at that was Alex Cora, mm-hmm. but Alex Cora can only do so much. He's the manager. It's Johnny Gomes said I thought so eloquently, which is he was. He's like the the manager is like your dad, your parent. Mm-hmm. You, you know when he says do this, 
you, you're not listening quite as much as when you listen to the older brother say it, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to find that guy. So who is that going to be, that guy? And where is he going to fit in the positions that we talked about? I think Eduardo Nunez. No, Eduardo Nunez that's a good guy. one. That's he's a good one, but you know, worried about his knee. That's the problem. I don't worry about his knee. You don't worry about his knee? No. no. Then there you go. Then that's the guy. That I, is absolutely the I guy. think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. I think so. But if you don't, I think Eduardo Nunez will make more money than people think. But he should. Hey, hey listen. He deserves to get right. Paid. Hey, listen. He's L- listen. They gave. They were the only team that gave Chris Young a two-year deal. So they've overpaid for these type of guys. Mm-hmm. And look, if they, they have a little more flexibility, you know, in terms of the the tax, the um, the uh, the uh, what the hell am I thinking about the the tax, luxury tax. the luxury tax? Thank you, Jesus. Um, they have a little bit more wiggle room this year because they didn't go over it last year. And look, if they if they go over it. They might as well. They have room until, like, once they get to uh, you know forty million over it. That's when they're really going to get hit hard in terms of how much Listen, they have to pay. The luxury, I get the penalties and everything else. If you want to put together a good team, just pay the money. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm trying to get at. You should get over it. If don't go to forty million. Forty million, Rob. It becomes a. Uh, is, it's fine. It's a pretty substantial. Yeah. Don't go to five percent. They just don't go over that. So sure. You, so you have plenty. You have plenty of room then. Plenty of room. Look, right now, it's a hard uh, one hundred seventy-four. You have plenty of room. You have plenty of room. You, this is not an excuse yeah. to not sign or not at least attempt to sign the JD Martinez is the Eric Ho- a Eric Hosmer. I'm not saying sign both of them. I don't think you can. No, no. A, a, you know, Mike Mistakis. You go down the list. If you go down the list of the power rankings, and I love power rankings, the power rankings of <laughs> of free agents out there. It's really not – there's not a ton of guys who you say that other than J.D. Martinez, other than Eric Hosmer, a lot of starting pitchers, Wade Davis, these guys. There's, there's not a – say that is the guy that the Red Sox should sneakily go after. And a big part of that is because I don't think that they want to prioritize getting another starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Even, they, they yeah, because you look at the, the, the top ones in terms of home runs. you got J.D. Martinez, you got Moustakas, Logan Morrison, which would address your first base issue, but he's also going to hit – you know. 250 at best if he hit the, and that's assuming he's going to have another good year in terms of home runs. Jay Bruce, but I don't think he's but, a fourth well, outfielder. He's going to get paid a lot more. You could, you could have him DH if you want. Yeah, you could, but why would you go after him when you can go after JD Martinez? I think Bruce is because well, he costs less. Because he costs less, that's fair. But so you're going to go after him and then you're just going to settle there and that's going to be it? It's just going to be Jay Bruce. It, it, it could be. I mean, there's, what you're looking at is to get, get home runs. I get s- home runs from so. So anyway, I want to come back to who do they who do they prioritize? Who do they call? Who gets the I love you call? I want to make you feel good call. And I'll give you another name, Howie Kendrick. So Howie Kendrick's an interesting one. That is a good one. Howie Kendrick, 34 years old, had a really good offensive year last year. If you look at his numbers, I think that you know when he went from Philadelphia to Washington, still held up, had some hamstring issues. Isn't a guy that I don't think you want to run out there every day. But Howie Kendrick is a good one because he can fill in at second base. You know, and this is if you don't want to sign if you don't sign Eduardo Nunez. He's a good he's a veteran, a clubhouse guy, all of that. And I so if you want to go after a guy like that, then and also is a guy who can hit. I believe he's what's the size he hit from? I gotta check that out. I think he's a switch hitter. But yeah, I, he is. Yeah, yes, yes. And he's played outfield too. He's, he's played outfield. Yes. Um, I actually really like that move, Rob. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's it's a lot. It's it's uh, he's a better version of what Brock Holt has become. I mean, he's what we thought Brock Holt was kind of 
going to be in terms of a shipping. Yeah, so, so if, if they could potentially, if they wanted to say, oh, we're going to fill from within, I mean, especially at second base, you had Zue Lin, you have Brock Holt, and, and we'll probably know more in the, in the coming week about how they're going to approach this. I know that Dave Dombrowski isn't saying they're going to break the bank for a second baseman just because Dustin Madroy is going to miss some time. Mm-hmm. But but I do think that you need some a, a solid backup. I don't know if relying on the Brock Holt or the Zue Lin, both who have has value in their in some of the things they do, mm-hmm. is something you want to run out and say there's a second baseman. I, I I don't mind Lin. I I think pretty highly of him. It's the Holt. You know, Holt was a guy that they sh- totally should have shipped out. They they missed the. They missed the train on that one. They could have gotten a lot more for him from a National League team. He's a perfect – he would have been a perfect National League guy, and now he's kind of yeah, – I know he's got he's dealing with the uh, – he's dealt with the vertigo thing over the years, but he's just not what we all expected him to be. But you're right, Rob. Adding a guy like Kendrick, I don't know much about him in terms of him how he's how he behaves in the clubhouse, but he's a veteran. Can I tell you my best Howie Kendrick story? Yes, please do. And this is, this is like the Rob Bradford, I'm trying to look important, uh, I'm podcast. used to that by now. It's taken three podcasts, but I'm used to I, it. I, I, don't, I haven't really done any of the other podcasts. It, you, well, we, it's just, it's it's just, just a there's, a, there's a feeling is about it? you. There's a way about you. Your yeah. tone of voice. I just feel like mm. I, you're always better than. Yeah. It's, well, <laughs> I mean, go with what you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's um, a good story. So, so – a few years ago, Pedroia, uh, Pedroia was work- he worked out with Andre Ethier, which, by the way, is another interesting name. Even though he hits from the left side, and I don't know if they would go with a lefty hitter in that spot, in that fourth outfielder out- spot. Yeah. He's a free agent, and I don't know if you knew this. He's tight with Pedroia. Um, I did not. Rem- know remember? That. Do you rem- you didn't know that? I didn't that know. was a thing. Like everyone for years was saying Andre Ethier is coming to the Red Sox because he's best friends with Dustin Pedroia. I mean, for years. I remember hearing Ethier was was coming to the Red Sox. I didn't. Yeah, re- you I know why? Because people were like, oh, he's he's friends with Dustin Pedroia. I didn't even remember that part. So Pedroia is working out. And so I used to, we used to go out and, and do these videos and whatever, watch here, Dustin Bedoya is working out when, you know, we had a lot of cachet and everything else. So he's like, okay, I'm at Andre's house working out. That's where I'm going to be working out. Here's the address. So I pull up. Now I'm thinking this is in the basement, right? This is the basement of Andre Ether's house. And show up, there's a bunch of cars out there. I don't know what's going on. So go in and there's this big complex. It was like a barn almost. Huge, huge barn out back. You walk in, and Ethier had built this 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 training facility, you know, astroturf and and hitting cages and a kitchen where they had a private chef and weight room and everything else. And there's Ethier, Pedroia, Russell Martin, um, uh, shortstop for um, the Orioles, JD, uh, JG Hart, Hardy, JG, yeah, Hardy. Uh, and Howie Kendrick walks in, and and there was a couple other guys. I'm like, this is a bizarre scene here. And then Rob Bradford. And then I'm yes, <laughs> Robert Farnsworth I mean, Bradford. I, I, I punctuated the whole scene, and I can tell you right then and there that Howie Kendrick seemed like a really really nice guy mm-hmm. that would be great in any clubhouse. Oh yeah, really great guy. And so well, clearly he's friends with Pedroia, and there you go. He's, because he he's was there with way. Pedroia and Ethier. There's no other details. No, in that story. no. So mm, okay, I, yeah. So I just it was a weird scene. I don't know if you Northwestern guys. You 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 just want to have guys that you that you are buds with. You want Kendrick. I don't. I'm not buds. I I You're said hello. I said hello to Howie Kendrick. It sounds like you're best friends with him. And, and Cora. I, may, I feel like I could be best friends with him. Him and now Cora. It always turns. It always turns bad. Does it turn bad? Yeah, it always turns bad. One way or the other. Just at the end, no matter what, you're gonna it criticize someone a little yeah, bit too much. Yeah, you just yeah you, yeah. I mean, this is the way I get. Listen, my kids are gonna eat. <laughs> 
That's what I tell them. They should, and honestly, these guys shouldn't read this stuff. You, you, it's you, not read. No one reads anymore. Or, uh, they read 140. They read, or, they read 140 characters. They listen through through their buddies. Tell him, yeah. oh, so and so is talking crap about you. Mm. Um, this, if you go down the list of how players get pissed off. What do you think they are? It, it's bully me. It is not reading stories. Well, I, I know this that when I was in college, we only had you know we had a few guys who would read the guys the, the reporters who covered us. You know, like kids, you know, our colleagues, you know, whatever. Students. I feel like we've already talked about this. Have we? And they I would criti- we. I know you and I have talked about it, and yeah. I've said how they basically what I, people would tell me. Oh, can you believe what they said about us? You know, teammates would read it, not other people, not their family. Yeah, but I, I, I got to be honest with you, Nick. I don't care about what you did in college. I care about like what MLB clubhouses are like. I okay, that's fine. Because I'm, even in the minor leagues, I'm just saying some of the guys I play with are major league guys, and Twitter, I minor league Twitter. Guys. I talked to Twi- plenty of minor league guys too. You want to talk about all your buddies, Rob? I got plenty of. Give them. it. Give me your best story. Give me your I'm best. Not, no, I'm not. Give me your, your best. I'm a big no. deal. No, uh, I'm not. Because no, I'm not. A, I'm not a big deal. I'm just saying you're going to go and you know say college is just that I've played with plenty. Of I, guys. I understand, but you've been you've been in, obviously in major league clubhouses, yes. and you see these guys sit around. And yes. You see how they consume well, they're sitting things. around us because they know they have so, to walk on. So 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 Twitter, right? 140 characters. Yep. Uh, pre-game, post-game show on Nesson, another big one. Yeah, because they want to see our Farnsworth replay. No, no, no. Believe me, <laughs> that is not it. Although I have had, I have had. Uh, Stern conversations with players off of things I've said in the in that that stuff. Yeah, I just don't understand that. Like, like I'm just my whole thing is Rob. Just they should. They're insecure. That's their problem. I, just, they're, you, they're insecure. You're trying to you're trying to figure out why these guys are like they are. I, we're getting off the rails. This is another podcast. But the point is, is that <laughs> the point is, and I'll bring it back in this way, is that the point is, is that Alex Cora when he was playing, he was the guy who said to the younger player or said to whoever. Don't don't get obsessed with that, mm. and also be accountable. Cora was one of the best that I had seen in terms of telling guys to be accountable, and him being accountable. I told a story; I might have told it to you on the podcast by him after missing a bond in the playoffs, standing in front yeah. of his locker in full uniform. I mean, I, and, and it seems like a little thing, but I don't see players do that. I don't mm. see, and they needed someone when, and I know that players. After things have happened, good and bad, have tried to duck out. I don't want to talk to the media. Mm. It's part of the deal. Mm. So two things. One, you talk about me repeating a story. That's probably the fifth time I've heard you tell yeah, that story. Yeah, it. it's such well, a good story, though. One, that's one. And then two, basically what you're saying Cora does is the same thing that I'm talking about when I say that these guys are overly sensitive. I don't understand why they give a damn about that stuff. It's the same thing, Rob. We're talking about you love to argue with me when I'm agreeing with you and backing up your point with just I better don't want to details. Agree with you. Well, <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing we can do about it. I'm just strengthening your argument and you assume that I'm here's, trying to do that. We'll put it on the t shirts. It says picture Nick dot 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 I have better details. Yes, exactly. There, there you go. <laughs> uh I'm looking at this this free agent power ranking, so I think this is from oh, a little while, like a few months ago, but it's the only one I could find for the time being. And it looks it looks like it might hold up. Fairly well. Darvish, no interest. Martinez, interest. Arietta, no interest. Hosmer, interest. Tanaka, no interest. Upton, no interest. Mustakis, unless you want to move him to first base, no interest. Lorenzo Kane, no interest. Wade Davis, no interest. Greg Holland, no interest. Johnny Cueto, no interest. And you go down. Carlos Santana, guy, maybe some interest. Um, so that's another guy that you know I think might be put on the radar. No one really had Mitch Moreland last year as a guy said they're going to absolutely go after that. I mean, everyone, rightfully so, were focused on Edwin and Carnacion. 
But they were they were clearly focused on Moreland. This is the route we mm. want to go. It's not going to cost a lot of money. He'll hit well enough. He'll feel the position. Hanley will be really good at DH. I got two guys for you, Rob. We right. talk about the fourth outfielder. Now this is going to depend on how much these guys and their agents think they're actually worth. Um, one is we saw, who we saw in this World Series, Cameron Mabin. He was getting nine million last year. He's you know look, he, last year nine home runs, uh, hit three fifteen. Uh, oh no, I'm looking at Howie Kendrick number. Sorry, he hit uh, ten home runs, two twenty eight. So he, you would think he wouldn't command a lot of money. He's got a little speed in him too. Maybe somebody like that's a good fit. The other one who I would rather see, I highly doubt this one though because I'm assuming he still thinks he has a lot left in him, but I don't think he does. Is Jason Worth? Ten home runs last year, uh, two twenty six. I know he's battled injuries. I know he's yeah, commanded a lot of money. But he's going to want to. He's going. Do you think he's still going to command a lot of money, Rob? What do you want? I'm what saying. Do you want to do I'm with say, him? I'm saying as your fourth outfielder, you yeah, follow. He you doesn't s- want to do that. He's all. He, he better start thinking about it. I'm, what I'm saying. Is, what I'm saying. No, but what I'm saying is, Rob, th- this is not your first guy that you we're talking about. It's not your David Ross. What I'm saying is, follow them. See what happens with them. If, if people start courting them early, then forget it. Then my theory is going to be off. If there's somebody that thinks highly of him. Then forget it. You know, but I, I'm saying there might be people that no, don't. No, it's interesting to look back, and there's always those guys. Maybe's more real. But the thing is with Dombrowski is that he acts so quick. Our like we've done the Husto show. The Husto show used to be great. I, I'm sure it will be great again. <laughs> but it used to be great because <laughs> you have the, the off season. Again. It would just roll, roll out, and it would just go take forever. And we'd be sitting there in December 20th. What are they going to do? And this and that. Like last year, we're, okay, you made all your moves. That was it. And that's how sort of Dombrowski works. You go back to, uh, I actually thought people's crap on the GM meetings. GM meetings are great. GM meetings are great because they tell you sort of what path they're going to go down. And that's exactly what Dombrowski did last year. I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, I remember, uh, well, first we found out it, they, they were not going to go after Encarnacion. No one believed him, including his agent. The agent was desperately trying to get him and the Red Sox involved. Still couldn't figure out why they weren't getting involved. But Dave Dombrowski sat at the picnic table in Arizona and said, you know, we just aren't going to pay a lot of money for that position. Um, and then uh, and then the, the name came up, Carlos Beltran. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that? The GMA I do, I do remember that. And you yes. know what? It turned out to be fraudulent. Because uh, I asked, like, Beltran in Houston when the Red Sox were there, oh, the Red Sox made a play for you? He's like, not really. <laughs> People just love to make stuff up, right? No, but, but no, there's it's, it's probably some semblance of truth to it, but it's the, it's the typical, oh, they called. You know, they called him. I, I'm going to crap on Evan right now. And that, look at you, you, your, your ears perked right up. <laughs> I mean, he posts up like Red Sox showed interest in you, Darvish, at trade deadline. Oh, gee, you think they called the John Daniels and the Texas Rangers? Yeah. Holy Woo. mackerel. Woo. You really think, you really think like, and, listen, I'm sure I got a crap load of page views, but this is, and we're going to go through this again. Red Sox touch base with CC Sabathia. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow, doctor, that's really going to oh, happen. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, so. Here's another guy, too, yeah. Rob. Okay. Yeah, if, if we're, if, if you go and lose out on a guy like Martinez, and I'm assuming they, they have to get Martinez or Hosmer, and if they don't, then you would think they get Stan. But another guy who, depending on where things take a turn, Carlos Gonzalez. He would command more money than the other two that I just mentioned, but he's a guy who's, who's done well throughout his Do what? I'm saying if they go out and lose, to, uh, lose out on their bigger names, yeah. 
then maybe that's a guy that they look at as as becoming your DH. I'm just I don't think it would be the right move, but that's a that is a guy who's out there who's been good throughout his career. I understand he's on the downhill slope. He's not as strong of a candidate. Honestly, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I think this was a dumb idea. So let's move <laughs> on from it. Uh, because yeah, you're right. That was a pretty that was pretty terrible. Gee. <laughs> I stand by Maven. I think Maven is <laughs> totally legitimate. Uh, Worth, I, I think it should make sense, but it, it may not end up in his mind. Oh, man. That's, that was great. That's, that's the part I'm going to pull out and surface. Good job. <laughs> uh, so, so, and we don't know, but you know, I'm thinking as you're talking about this, could they fit him in? Well, if you trade Jackie Bradley, that's another thing we're going to find out, too. If they it, go after Stanton, that changes a lot oh, of things. Stanton. That's another. We're well, they might go after Stanton. No, I know, do. I know, and I've been, you know, we're ignoring that whole. I've been, I've now. been trying so hard to talk myself into that Giancarlo Stanton is the way to go. It's, it's such a good idea, and and forget about giving up the prospects because this isn't gonna be, this isn't gonna be a we're gonna we're gonna take on a lot of money, mm. um, or or this isn't gonna be like uh we're gonna get, we're we're gonna we're take on yeah well you're gonna have to take on some money to the Marlins. And mm-hmm. we're going to give you more players. Right. No, I mean the whole motivation for the Marlins is to get to this whatever ninety million dollar payroll. Mm-hmm. So that's their motivation. So it's it, you can't say we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take on we're, you're gonna have to take on some of the money. That element of it is off the table. And I just look at it, Nick, where you go get this guy. The contract is so obscenely high. That's fine. You know you have those guys. Yeah, you do. But. Do you want to build so much around just a couple guys? Chris Sale is going to be a free agent after next uh, after two years. It's, uh, they picked up his option for next year. Mm-hmm. After the next year, he's going to be a free agent. You're going to have to pay him if you're going to, if you want him, which is going to be another conversation. I, it's that's going to be a weird one to me because he he might be a guy. You say, oh, at 35, he's going to be able to do this. Already, you're turning on Chris Sale. No, I'm not. This is why the guys in the clubhouse have problems. I know. Sure. Because you turn that easy. I just like to keep him honest. Uh, You're going to need a new closer, Craig Kimbrell, in the last year of the contract, right? Kimbrell, I get a little bit more. Bogart's up in a couple years. Bogart's, I get too. Up up, up a year after that. Um, Who'd you say, Betts? Betts, yeah. Betts, you got to keep. Right. But these are the decisions you're going to have to make. You're going to have to allocate money to these guys. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be losing pitchers. You're gonna need starting pitchers uh, like David Price. If he opts out, you're gonna need a starting pitcher. If you keep him, then you have a thirty million dollar pitcher to go along with whatever Stanton's making. My point is is that with Stanton, he takes up so much payroll that it's almost like you know you're basing everything around, and then you really have to be smart on the fringes. And I don't know if that's the way to do it anymore. I just yeah, don't. Well, they don't in in. If they were doing a great job of developing guys like they have in the past, then I would say, yeah, they can definitely handle yes. it. I mean, but that's not who they are as much anymore. I mean, look, if you go and we, you talked about, we talked about, you know, hypothetical guys that you would have to deal uh, in order to get Stanton. I don't know, Rob. I mean, the more I've thought about it, it's how much are you going to get depleted by it? How, how well, bad is it going to be? Once again, you, people think that you can get around it by, by taking on, like, the money. Mm hmm. And maybe that's the case, but we've seen that that Derek Jeter is not afraid of making moves. I mean, he's pretty much just cl- he came in. He was told you should consider keeping these guys, and he's cleaned house 
in Miami. You know, so listen, you, you bring this up because this is – if you're going to do a stand, you'll, you'll hit on it. You are absolutely right, Pitcher Nick. Absolutely, you nail this one, which gotta is like, gotta remember this moment. If, you, if you have that guy, you better have the guys filling in from the minor leagues, the yeah. guys like the Rafael Devers of the world. Yeah. Because – you know, because you're going to be losing. You're not going to play Bogarts. You're not going to play pay Bradley. You you may not be able to pay bets. You're not going to be able to pay everyone. Your starting pitcher, your rotation. You're going to have to start allocating money toward that. And so I just went to Sox prospects, the power rankings for their top prospects, and and everyone talks about the, how much they've given up, and they have given up. They don't have a lot here. Isn't it, Chavis their top guy right now? Or is Groom, it, Groom, the pitcher, but Groom yeah. is a long way away. Yes, Chavis. You have to do it more than one year, you know. If he does it more than one year, starts keeps hitting home runs, and maybe you move him to first. I don't know. Uh, you know. Then you have eighteen-year-old Brian Mata. You have Tanner Houck, the kid they drafted last year, a pitcher. Um, you don't know how he's going to be. You just don't know. Daniel Flores, an international signing catcher, seventeen years old. Sam Travis is number six, and Sam Travis. I think we all love Sam Travis's approach. He's a good guy to have on a team, mm. but for a first baseman, you got to ha- have for this team. You got to have a guy who's going to hit home runs. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not, he's he's just never ever done it. Uh, Josh Ockamy, twenty-two years old, first baseman. You know that. 14 home runs last year. I mean, he's potentially okay. But we aren't talking about nobody. We aren't talking about Rafael Devers-type levels where you you can absolutely get a Stanton, pay all the money to a one or two or three guys, mm. and then fill in with these other guys. I think you need to – with any team to be successful, like you, obviously you have to have a few guys that can leave the yard. And I think we've seen that Devers is – in some capacity, that kind of a hitter. I think he'll continue to be that and try, you know hit a few more as he plays more games. But the other thing is, Rob. You know, one team we look at, you know, that wasn't a home run hitting team that's won the World Series recently was the the, the Royals. They were committed to that. That was their style. They were able to different you know, win games. What different? Let me interrupt you. Different park, different era, and it seems bizarre. It was only a couple of years ago. Different era. Tomasi had the greatest tweet. Like he's like the World Series continues. I couldn't wait to. I I really wish I would get the chance to see how many doubles the Red Sox are going to hit. Yeah, it, it it. I mean, this is a different era. This was a different year. It was the Kansas City Royals could not have done. Do you think the Kansas? You think the Kansas City no, Royals? No, win you, now? no, no, no. Do you think that if they got into that World Series, they got into these playoffs? How many times did we see one team being able to keep up with the other team because of hitting home runs? I understand that, but they also had some lockdown relievers on that team, too. That's my thing. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to be a lockdown reliever when the ball isn't juiced. Well, yeah, that's true, too. I mean, if they're going to keep juicing the balls, that makes a difference. But then you're going to have some guys on that team might have hit more home runs, too. That's the other thing. We've seen Hosmer, he's hit 25 home runs in each of the past two years. My point was, I guess if the balls are going to stay juiced, then that kind of creates a whole other issue. But I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. But guys need to consider their approach in the course of the game, too. I mean, you have to have guys who are committed to saying, look, we're going to hit long balls, or we're committed to we're going to be a small ball team. Because you have, I feel like with this Red Sox team, we talked about it all year long. It ne- the, the, this conversation never stopped. What is this team? What, are, they a, are they scrappy? Are they a home run hitting team? Like, What is it? We never were able to define that. And I think that was, that's the Red Sox' biggest problem. I think that was the problem kind of the year before to some extent, is they didn't have that identity. They had David Ortiz, and then they built off him. They lost him, and then they could never fully figure out who the hell was the guy that was in charge. So that's the way this team's going to be better. That's why the Royals were good, and that's why I still think the Royals, that Royals team right now 
would compete because they, they knew compete, who they were. But they wouldn't win. They would win. They no. could they could win. I'm not saying they would win. They could win though. Well, Nick, that's your prerogative to be wrong. So um <laughs> uh the last thing I want to get to real quick, you saw the, the spirit debate about these games going along. Just, just cause I just want to use this. I know this has been a long podcast. Thank you for everyone for hanging in there. I hope you've been wildly entertained. And hope having a, whether you're listening to it heading into the weekend or having a great weekend, or if you had a good weekend, if you're really, really tardy <laughs> listening to this stuff. But uh, You know, you haven't asked them to leave rating or, ratings or reviews on here. I'm not an, an expert, but I feel like that's something we should yeah, do. Yes. Yeah, iTunes, that's the thing to do. Yes, leave Leave a rating, leave a review. Yeah, yeah. I just have to, I have to get some sleep, and then I'm going to really promote this sucker. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair point. I understand that. But yes, yeah. going off the... Uh... Yeah, this is the problem. The baseball season's over. This is when I sleep. And, and <laughs> it's, it's when I go to Starbucks, and I can work for there. I don't have to drive everywhere. And I go to the GM meetings in a couple of weeks, and you go to the David Ortiz charity golf tournament in a couple of weeks after that, <clears throat> and the winter meetings after that. So mm-hmm. those are my, that's my schedule, if anyone wants to know. But... Your lack of sleep is partly because of the baseball games, and this became a big topic of conversation. Like, and I heard um, all Jerry Callahan and all these other people say it's ruining baseball with games being on so late. And it's an easy conversation. It's an easy narrative. Did you read what? I, did you read what I wrote? Uh, I don't think I, I read this. that story. All right, I'm it, sorry. It's a good headline. What was it? Stop whining about these games being so long. Oh, I think okay. So, so my here's here's tell me and you tell me if you disagree. Is that my contention is of course we want to watch the games live. Of course it's better when you watch them live. But the, yes, I remember but, that. Part. But the notion that it is hurting baseball is flawed because it, people don't consume it the same way anymore. Not only do you have DVRs. But this is the whole, and I use this analogy, the, um, the Barstool analogy, when they had the, the show uh, for one episode on ESPN. They did it at 1 o'clock in the morning. You think it was because people were going to listen, watch it live? No. It was to get the reaction from social media and the conversation after. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I feel it was throughout this World Series. When I woke up, and I used the example of, I think it was game, um, game five, and – that that extra inning game, the one on the Sunday, really real long, the one on Sunday, yeah, yeah. Yes. So yes. so I I I fell asleep. I think with a right before they made the comeback because I'm like Kenley Jansen's going to lock him down. And he didn't, <laughs> uh, but but I woke up, you know, a couple, four hours later, and I had DVR'd it. I had to DVR Bones and Entertainment Tonight. You know how you DVR like shows that aren't going to be on because mm-hmm. it keeps you so. I'm I'm a master at that, and um, and you wake up. And without even watching DVR, you look at Twitter, you see the videos, you see the stories, you see the, the important conversation, and it made me want to watch the next game, right? I right. saw some of it, but do, am I wrong? I mean, no, I, I think, you're not wrong. I think this is – I never hear people 30 and under complain – That something's on too late? Absolutely yeah. not. Look, uh, when, when you talk about the uh, the Barstool Van Talk show, I was – I DVR'd it originally. I was like, I'm not, I might not stay up for it. And then I guess what? I did. And I know plenty of people my father's age, okay, who's who go and record the, the games, you know, whether it's the Celtics or the Red Sox or the Patriots, whatever. They go because they want to watch after it. So it's not just exclusive to the people, you know, in, in my age bracket, Rob, where they'll go and watch it later. I don't need to see it instantaneously. They just want to see 
the details right. of what happened. It's, I mean, this has become the. It's like Twitter. It's like I just give me the highlights. If it's a good story, if there's a good, you know, if there's a, if it's a good game, then people are going to want to watch it. Well, and 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 the you come back to what like the Jerry's of the world are saying is, is hurting baseball. It's not mm. because if you want to watch the next game because of whatever you consumed when you woke up the next morning, which is absolutely the case, mm-hmm. then. It's not hurting baseball. We saw the ratings. It's not hurting baseball. And even you saw the ratings, I think, that that game, the 11 o'clock hour, probably get the highest rating. They'll stay up to, to that. It's, yeah. And we aren't even counting in the fact that you – know, Game we're, six we're, was game six, I think. I heard them say it on the morning show. I, th- I know game seven was significantly lower, but I think it was in the 20s well, for and, game six. Right, and you had, you had that first game where it was, it was the quickest game in, in World Series history yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, since like 92 or right, whatever. Right, so – it wasn't like that made any difference in terms of wanting to watch it. No, because there wasn't a, a many great moments in it. No, there was just good pitching. And if you like good pitching, then you're going to enjoy that game. Yeah. I, lo- I love good pitching, so yeah. I can watch those So games. I'm glad you agree. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's an easy, easy way to take now for all the, for all the guys here. Look, I mean, I, I, Lou doesn't do it because Lou obviously cares about baseball. And I don't want to talk Lou to agreed, him. Lou agreed with me. Of course he agreed with you because because he doesn't want to just find the easy way out and say baseball sucks, baseball's in, in trouble. I understand that adjustments need to be made within the game. We talked about it last time how the numbers in the there's there's far too many numbers. We, we've addressed this, um, you know, in the last podcast. But I think when people want to say the game screwed, the game you know it sucks, I think a lot of those people want it to suck. Seriously, I'm not saying Jerry necessarily does, but there are a lot of people out there, Rob, I see on Twitter um, from different media outlets around here, some national, they say how, they want to talk about how baseball just sucks and how baseball is screwed. There's no way to fix it. It's just a dying game, and it's never going to get any better. There are some people who who will always enjoy it, and guess what? You're going to make some changes to it. You know, the juice balls, I'm fine with that because you're going to attract more people with the home runs. We've seen that. It makes a big difference. Having a star like Judge, that's huge. Look, it's just an easy way. It's an easy route to take. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's not changed because the other part about this is that it's, this is money. I mean, there was a reason that why the Red Sox didn't know what time their last game of the year was going to be until midnight the night before because the networks were controlling it. They want the Yankees to play in the prime and you know time what? slot. Having YouTube TV now, I know it costs a little bit more. I don't, know I don't how much even who, know what that is. It, well, I, I, I know that I, I only it, know so it went much. from camper, Camping World promoting the entire playoffs to YouTube TV. <laughs> right? Well, look, uh, YouTube TV, I think it's 35 a month, um, and you're going to get, you know, you get Fox and other, sh- other shows. I know it costs more than uh, Netflix does. I'm, I don't know what Hulu costs because I don't have Hulu, but I would think. This is Major League Baseball being the first one to kind of partner up with one of these companies. That's huge for yeah. them too. That's yeah. going to make a big difference with the partnering United. up with the gambling uh, entities. Didn't work so well, so they're <laughs> they're moving on to YouTube TV. All right, we, we, it's, it's been a good conversation. So can I, can I just say one more thing, Rob? Yeah, sure. I was in the parking garage. Say I had another fiasco. I'm sitting in in a lot waiting and in the garage, and some woman gets out of her car. It's an older woman, a little bit, and her she hits my car door. So I wait to see if she looked if she's gonna look. Oh, in- she didn't know you were in there. She didn't know I was in there. I wait to see if she oh. looks inside. She doesn't even look inside. She just keeps walking. Did you yell at her? No, I didn't. I, oh I my god! Out. What are you doing? I pushed out. 
I don't know what to tell you because you know why? Because she was a little older, and I felt bad. If it was, an, if it, I feel bad for old people because you know they're so close to you well, know they're knocking on. There's death. a lot of this went from so uh, where were the the old New Balance building? And so New Balance moved in the new building, and the new the old New Balance building. You had New Balance here, and everyone was in shape. You had all these young people walking around, was in shape. And now you have this rehab facility. <laughs> it is exactly the opposite. It's in this building. Yeah. She, she, I yeah. walked out and she yeah. came into this building. A lot building. of canes and crutches going in and out <sighs> of here. Uh, There's no ding on my door. That's the only anyway, thing I'm saying. All right. See if you can get the double date with Carlos Correa. All right. All right. I'll, I'll work on that. All right. Good job. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie S. Glaude Jr. Join me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the American story. Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meachin Studio. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.